With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sports Social Podcast Network. So, hello and welcome to Accidental Podcast or something like that. I'm Les Bubka and my today's guest is Lee Sims, an author of the bestseller book on uh, self-protection law uh, and a uh, lawyer and practical martial artist and my friend. How are you, Lee? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Les. Uh, pleasure. I always, always like to talk to you because you've got so much more knowledge on the subject of self-defense than I do, and I can learn something from you. Um, could you give us a bit of a background into how to involve, involve, get involved in karate and why karate? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Well, I can definitely answer the first question. Um, <laughs> maybe, I'm, I'm not too sure about the second. That's more chance than luck than I think anything else. But yeah, sure. So it, this is one of those questions, right, which I think... I never used to think about a lot, um, but now since you know we're doing a lot more interviews with each other, we're recording our um, conversations. It's like the good starting point, and it's like, you know, how did you get into karate? Um, and I, I used to think it was probably because I needed some kind of self-defense when I was a kid. Um, I had a few problems at school, so I have a feeling that was the reason. But I never felt that personally, so that might have been why my parents or my family wanted to get me into martial arts. But I'm um, much of a, a young 90s kid. So I grew up on um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, the Power Rangers. Um, I, I loved um, pro wrestling. So um, we, we can probably have a fight about that, which wrestling is better later on. But yeah, so pro wrestling, the Turtles, Power Rangers, um, and the three ninjas films, the, the good ones, not the one with um, Hulk Hogan in, but, but the other three which they did. So I grew up where like... Um, almost like a romantic version of like fighting and martial arts and it's something the hero does and it was just really fun and cool so i think that's why i personally wanted to do martial arts mm-hmm. um and that's how i got involved i did i had a my cousin i think who did jujitsu mm-hmm. um japanese jujitsu so i think i tried a few classes of that um 
I was never a good um, tumbler or roller. I couldn't do, you know, um, forward rolls, backward rolls, terrible at that kind of stuff. So I think when I turned up to the karate class and it was a lot more um, punching, kicking, and kata-based kind of things, not as much, at that time anyway, um, not as much on grappling and rolling. I think I, I enjoyed that more. And um, yeah, so, so I think that's why, I think that's why karate really is. I, I had a choice between two things back in the, you know, late nineties, um, and you know, any anything I can punch and kick, and you know, feel cool and fun. Yeah, that's why. That, that's that, that's how I got involved anyway. Liz, so, yeah. So you say that you you didn't know uh, you prefer the punch and kicking. Um, how about now? Why why are you sticking with karate now? When you're uh, doing more uh, tumble rolling, throwing, a uh, bit of a wrestling. Uh, <clears throat> why staying with karate? Not not move on to the other things like other people do. Um, okay, yeah, sure, no, good question. I mean, I've tried lots of things, by the way, and I've done lots of different arts, um, and I do enjoy it all. Um, I think one thing I enjoy about karate, and I think this is something sometimes we practical guys miss, is that there's so many different sides to it. That's <coughs> okay. Yeah, and, uh, and if you're only looking at the, the um, punching and kicking aspect, um, I think I enjoyed, and if we just go back a second, I remember said this like romantic notion of martial arts, and you know the, the hero steps in and saves the day, and it's all 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 in the movies, especially you know decades ago, it was all punching and kicking pretty much. That mm. was the fun stuff to do, and I I think as I um, got into into training more, um, when it came to sports style karate and punching and kicking only, I was never that good at that so mm -hmm. you know the catters and the performance side i was pretty good at but when it came to like um sparring with just like punches and kicks i kind of like like sucked at it um, <laughs> um but then you know I, I was growing up i was watching um i started watching the ufc's actually quite early on i got given um a lot of tapes of the early ufc so even though i was only about you know 11 or 12 and probably shouldn't have been watching the you know holes bars fighting I, I i i watched it i enjoyed it i loved martial arts and I, I loved the idea of, okay, and I understood there was more than just punching and kicking. So um, as I trained a bit more holistically and started to practice um, a bit more close range or, or practice grabs and practice takedowns and practice from you know wrestling on the floor, even when I didn't really know what I was doing, but we're just practicing it. I, I started to realize, actually, actually you know, now I'm not you know nine years old and can't do a forward roll anymore. I'm mm. 17, 18, 19. I enjoy this. And, and um, it's quite fun and quite engaging. And then around the same time, um, you know, we're, we're the, the, that martial art revolution in, in the UK is happening and people like Jeff Thompson, um, you know, Ian Abernethy, they're, they're all coming, you know, into prominence and they're more exposed than, than they probably were before. So we're getting access to them and, you know, martial art magazines. Because um, I really, I, I did a lot of my, you know, studying research in libraries and picking up martial art magazines before the internet really you know, kicked off yeah. or before I was old enough to really, you know, use the internet. So, and then, so as, as all that was happening, um, the stuff I was enjoying started to link into the katas we were doing, which I also enjoyed. So I, I almost got this like perfect blend of the solo katas, which I enjoyed, and this grappling style, close range fighting. And then they kind of merged mm -hmm. together and I, I, I loved them both. So that's, I think, why karate stuck with me. Mm. And I think... There's so many aspects, like I said, of, of karate, which, you know, I, I can dip in. So if I want to do some trapping and I'm feeling, you know, in a bit of a Wing Chun mode for you know a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I, I can, you know, take the karate base from that. So I've got a lot of trapping things I see in Naihanshi or Teki. I think there's mm -hmm. lots in there. Um, 
and Seunshin, I think, has got some lovely sequences in. So I'll start there, work on the, the karate aspects, but then I can, you know, you know, you know, pick up some books, pick up some DVDs. Um, before the lockdown and all this was happening, I could go to classes and I could focus on that for a bit. But I was never restricted then to just doing one aspect because I could come back to my karate and, you know, I can do the, the solo stuff. I can do the um, um, close range. I can do the sports style if I wanted to practice that for a bit. I can do the traditional Japanese style of um, I can work a technique up and down, um, which has been really useful when we've been at home. Mm. Um, which I and I do enjoy doing that as well. So I think that's why I stuck with karate, just because it's got like a wide variety of things we can do and use it for. Um, and again, mm. I'm well, I'm sure we, we might get onto this or not today, but um, self defense law and yeah. the self protection <laughs> side of things as well. Okay, it's it's in there too. And um, so yeah, th there's a lot. It, it's it's a, it's a wide, you know, it, it's a, it's a it's a broad church. I think karate is. So I think that's why I stuck with it. But that doesn't mean. Um, other martial arts can't be as well it's just the martial I've chosen is karate and I think part of it is me widening that up and I think part of that karate has always been this kind of um, I always think karate is more of a process than a than a set or fixed yeah. system yeah. and and when I look at it like that that's I think why I've stuck with karate mm. yeah, um, I, I like to use the term that karate got many faces you can uh, you can do whatever you want to do with it and, and like now nowadays you know we're all doing katas only because can go anywhere. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and, and I think that's, that's an interesting um, thing to discuss with you, actually, Leslie. Um, and I know you're the you're interviewing me today, but I just wondered what your thoughts. You, you mentioned karate's got many faces. Sometimes I think that's that can be a bit of a negative um, because it, I think it can get really difficult to define what karate is. Yeah, um, I'm sure, sure. Uh, I'm sure that uh, it is difficult. But I think if you're honest with yourself, um, you can find your own way it's like <clears throat> for a long time i tried to, to fit in with the karate as a, either a sport either a self-protection which we talked about it before your seminar with us <coughs> but i neither 100 percent fitted in so for a long time i've been trying to convince myself yes it's for self-defense and stuff like that but it is if you want to be um, for me, it's the most uh, interesting route at the moment is the, the kind of uh, health way. So my mental health and uh, physical health benefits of karate. But it might change, you know, I'm kind of now being more drifted to the side of um, the kind of self-defense, but with a wide range of law. That's why we had you in, uh, in, mm -hmm. in the seminar. So I'm trying to educate myself in that direction. So that face is changing. But yeah, but if you are confused and you're not sure what you want to do, that many phases might might be tricky to to um, kind of uh, describe and choose to yourself what you want to do. Really. Yeah, I I think this is one thing we have with martial arts is, um, I mean I I mean some people take this view I don't. Um, so so my view is you know it it should be a personal art to yourself. So at the end of the day, you're practicing karate for you. And I think after a certain point, you've got to be comfortable with what, what you're doing. And I think you, you know, watching your evolution over the last, um, like, you know, two or three years, which has been, you know, of a public evolution, you've been putting mm. your videos out and your thoughts out. It's been really nice to see, um, you know, your karate is becoming your karate. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's like, like mine has, you know, I'm, I'm still young into this, you know, I've only been doing this um, 20 years, which, you know, compared to a lot of people I speak with, that mm. I'm a baby. And, you know, my, my karate has been changing and, and it's, it's changed its priorities, it's changed what it looks like. 
Uh, and no doubt, as I get older and practice, and you know, the world changes, the karate, the karate I'm doing now is, is hopefully is, is going to change and adapt as well and get better. And my priorities will change. Um, just to go back to your point on uh, mental health, actually, because I think um, one of the some, sometimes it's it's like under the radar benefits of martial mm. arts and, and karate is these these other benefits, um, which I don't think get spoken about a lot. You know, you, it's usually you know it's self defense and it'll get you fit. Mm. But if you do it right, mm. or, or you, I mean, most of this for me is like self reflection. So we spoke early about why I thought I was doing martial arts, and I think one thing it gave me was because um, I don't I don't think if we talk about bullying a second. Um, mm. Um, I, th- I think before I started karate, I may have been bullied a little bit. Um, but, you know, I've met so many people who have had such worse experiences than me. Mm. I, d- I mean, I tend not to call what I went through bullying because I think on a spectrum, I, I got off qu- quite lucky. Um, but after, you know, when I started martial arts when I was like nine or ten, um, after that, I I, I kind of had a confidence of, you know, cause when, especially when I was getting like my purples and browns and I was 11 and 12 years old. I'd be sparring fully grown adults mm-hmm. and it kind of gave me this confidence whether I knew what I was doing or not I kind of had this confidence that if, if you know if anything ha- ever happens physically then you know I've got that ability to look after myself and I think you know in my you know younger years before I, I was an adult I think I had three three um fights if you wanted to call them three physical altercations mm-hmm. um and you know, most of them ended up with very little punches thrown, and it was actually um, sweeps and takedowns, which which <laughs> solved the problems pretty quickly, uh, which which is pretty good. Um, but I, I just remember looking back. I, th- I think what karate gave me was this self confidence that um, what what happened a lot would be is people would threaten they were going to hit me or threaten mm-hmm. we're going to have a fight or I'm going to beat you up, and you know it happened to lots of kids in my school and. What I realized was it was the person who was afraid of getting hurt would be the one who'd get you know picked on and attacked. And I realized eventually was, okay, well, if we're going to have a fight outside the school today, well, let's just skate over and with and, you know, when, when I turn up there, the fight would never happen. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It never happened because they did be like, okay, well, his brother turned up and he's like, let's have a fight. And there did be lots mm-hmm. of shouting and talking and people would back away. Um, and I think it's just the confidence of karate knowing, okay, you know, I, I can deal with somebody in my face trying to punch me, um, which gave me that confidence that once I'd already stood up to one person once or twice, I was kind of left alone. Mm. And I think only looking back, I realized that karate gave me that kind of um, ability to, to kind of stand up for myself. Um, and I, I was a really shy kid as well. So growing up, I really didn't like speaking in front of classes. I, um, I I remember we had um, an English um, exam where I had to stand up and read a passage of a book. Mm. Um, I, I, I was ill and I went home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like 13 years old and I, I couldn't stand up in front of the people I see every day. Yeah. Um, uh, but then I realized I would go to the class in the evening and I'd be teaching a warm-up in front of you know, 30, 40 students. And I, I'm not sure when he clicked, but I thought, hang on, I can do this here. Why can't I do it when I'm at school? Why can't? And and it was just, I think I had doubt in the material I was presenting. Mm-hmm. I realized when I was a karate, I, I knew what I was doing. I, I knew the topic inside out, or I, at least I thought I did. And that gave me the confidence to present and to be in front of people. Um, and, and then karate, that gave me the ability then to take that into school, take that into college, then university, and 
you know, into my working life now. And I, and I think I really do have the, um, those attributes because of the martial arts I've been through. It's funny how our brain is kind of disassociates, disassociates, no, that's not the right word, um, takes apart uh, two similar activities and put one in perspective of fear and the other one in com uh, oh, I just can't speak today. Um, comfort. Okay. <laughs> comfort. <coughs> I have exactly the same thing, and I still sometimes have, you know, if I have to speak about my book or something, I'm kind of freezing. But when I go on a seminar, yeah. there's no problem teaching. Uh, it's, it's, funny. <laughs> it's funny. It takes a lot of work, hard mental work to override this. Um, yeah. Thank you for bringing that question because that was my next question about mental health, but you're doing a job for me, which is great. Um, <coughs> you are a, a fully licensed instructor under Ian Abernathy, isn't it? You're in Jason Karate Method? Yes. Um, That's right, yeah. How did you get involved in the practical side of martial arts? How did you end up in EAM uh, group and how it was? Yeah, sure. So my instructor, Mike Judd, um, really um, brought this to me. So when I was still doing my competition side of things, uh, my instructor was, um, you know, my instructor, Mike, has always been very open-minded from, from, from day one, which is why I think, one, I've got such a good relationship with him. And two, I, I think I've, I've been able to get as far as I am you know, in the karate world is, is because of his support, his guidance and his willingness to, um, as, as, I mean, it's, it's getting better now, but back, back, back then, um, I had lots of friends in martial art groups, um, in other different groups and they were never allowed to come to my class. Mm -hmm. Um, and even when I would go to their classes, it, they were still quite close nipped groups and every group's the best group and you shouldn't go anywhere else. And my instructor never had that. He, he, he was open for me to go everywhere else. Um, I think that shows quite a, um, you know, a self-confidence Mike had in what he did actually, um, but and I'd, and I'd always go back to him. I still train with him today, um, but he'd let me out, let me go to different groups. Um, but Mike was doing the same thing, and Mike was um, came across uh, Jeff Thompson, came across Ian, and was training um, with with Ian on seminars. Um, I eventually. Um, stopped going to like competitions and on, on the weekends and started going to the seminars too. I fell in love with it, like I've mentioned to you. Um, and then I just really pestered Ian and turned up to every seminar I could find. Um, and, and then was like, basically, basically said, look, I, I want to get to your dojo and, and you know, train with you and train under you. Um, and he, it was at that time he was setting up something for, um, like a select group of people who he, um, would know and, um, would be willing to train and take on from other clubs. And I messaged him thinking he's not going to take a, a young, a young, I was quite young at that time, a young kid like me on, but he was like, yeah, definitely come, come over. So lots of trips from Birmingham to um, Cumbria, uh, lots of hard work, lots of sweat. Um, and yeah, but it, it was, e it was easy in a way because, um, and to go back to our brains, disassociating things, yeah. it was easy in a way because, you know, the, the lot, there was long hours driving, the hard work when I'm there, the you know intensity of it all, um, and you, and and you're taking in all that knowledge, um, should be and was you know, a really difficult thing to do. But I, I I loved what I was doing. I was really engaged and immersed into it. So um, it it was I was fine to go back again and again and again. And then you know after 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 the allocated period of, of training with him and he was happy with me, I, I got the instructorship. That's, uh, that's amazing. Um, I think Ian makes it easy uh, through his personality. He's very open and supportive. So 
it doesn't matter if you um, <clears throat> have a really tough session with him. His personality makes you feel good. Um, at least, so uh, as little as I know him, um, that's how he came across to me. Um, that he's always supportive and and helpful. Yeah, I, th I think he's got that. Um, again, very similar to my instructor. So I was, you know, I, I've trained with lots of people, and I, I do think that's the exception to the rule. Really, I think lots of instructors, even even myself, I, I come away from teaching sometimes, and I, and I think, mm. oh, I didn't, I didn't get that motivation side. Either I've, I've had a bad day, I've had a mm. bad week, I didn't feel good in the lesson. And I think sometimes I don't give my students that encouragement and support every time which Ian's great at and my instructor's been great at so I think that mm. their skills I'm still trying to develop in myself but no you're, you're spot on every you, it's, it's difficult to walk away from an Ian's seminar or Ian's lesson and not feel like yeah I, I did good there I had a good session mm. yeah I, um, I, 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 I had the pleasure to um, train on one of the seminars when we went to uh, Don Kane and you know how it is sometimes there's clicky so the groups are created, and yes. it, ha it happened that I've been left alone. Nobody wanted to train with me. So I was fortunate to have Don and Ian changing to partner me where we were teaching. I was a Don. It wasn't so fun with Don because he punched me in the nose and I spent uh, <laughs> half an hour bleeding. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the problem. Um, that's the problem. There's when you when you post. Um, videos online of you throwing people around like like it's nothing. When 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 people get to seminars, they're like, no, thank you. Um, I, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking, by the way. I, I'm we we've tra we've trained together in your. Um, we trained at Chris Hansen's um, get together. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. If you're turning up to seminars and and you're not partnering with Leisure, you you guys are really missing out because um, I'm I'm quite particular with who I partner up with. Um, when I go to events, because you don't want to be left with with somebody who's going to hurt you, because he really yeah. or, or is dangerous, because he can ruin your experience. And um, anyway, I, I was trained with you, partnered up with you, Les, and I, I'll give you a, a a rating here that you were, um, yeah, e easy partner to train with, easy partner oh, to you. train with. It was, it was great. Because I'm so small. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of Chris Hansen, uh, I'm hoping I can say that. I think I can say that. Um, if Corona gonna go away, we're gonna have him in August. Um, okay. So we, 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 we're trying to find a way you can come here and stay stay with me and uh, and do some sem series of seminars. Uh, but, is that next next August? Yeah, yeah, yeah this, this August. Um, yeah. But it all depends on the corona Definitely. situation. Um, yeah. but, yeah. So, going back to the interview. <laughs> um, sure. So, you're doing the karate from age of nine. Did the old experiences of the uh, practical side and training with Ian for young age, did that have the impact of um, your choice of education and becoming a lawyer? Or is it completely separate and then you join it back together to support your martial arts? Yeah, sure. So just, just to give you an idea of um, timing. So I, I started getting into the practical side of things when I was about 17. Um, so, so before that, karate was you know self defense because it was it was everything really back then. It was your traditional kind of Shotokan sp sport style. We kind of evolved into the WKF kind of um, way of doing things um, around when I was around fifteen and sixteen. Um, I'd I'd always wanted to be a lawyer um, since since I was very young. Um, I, I guess it's that that heroic um, sense of fighting for justice and.
and uh, all those kind of things. Daredevil was uh, one of my favorite comics and uh, growing up. So um, if I could keep my sight and and be a lawyer, even better. So so yeah, I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, it didn't really click until I started to study law at you know the age of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and I started to study criminal law and the self defensive law. And I was like, oh, hang on, this relates to when I'm punching people in the face, um, and then when the practical side started to take off and I was doing more of that and it was really geared towards, okay, there's a difference between you know, consensual fighting and, and self-protection, something which um, Jamie Club, when I got hold of Jamie and um, got hold of Jamie's works and um, had did some training with Jamie, um, really made that clear for me. I started to realize, hang on, this, this law I'm learning um, and the studying I'm doing, that's, that can actually be really useful for the martial art world. And it's really important to what we're doing, actually, especially if we're claiming to teach self-defense, we, you know, we should know the law. Um, I'm not the first person to bring this up and raise this, but I was in a unique position where I'd studied this um, and studied it going through the, the legal process and linking it back to the martial arts. So they were, it wasn't something I, I did because of the karate, and it, it wasn't something I did the karate because of. It just happened to be these two things going on at the same time, and then I realized that there's a... You know, there's, a, there's an overlap here, which um, I, I can really delve into. And um, yeah, and, and then I did. And then I wrote my, my first book, which is hopefully going to be one of many. I'm still working on the other ones. Is just, a, just you know what it's like, Les. <laughs> you, know, you know what that's like. That there's so many. On, on, um, um, someone, said, someone sent me a, an image um, recently, which was um, a, a picture of hell. And it was like all, all it was like all the books you haven't written looking at you, and I was like, oh yeah, that that that's pretty good. Uh, so, but anyway, back to the story. So the first book I wrote, it was just the, the you know, the the broad basics of self-defense law, um, and I, I sent it out there, and it got such a overwhelming reaction. I was I was I was a bit taken back by how how well it did, and how many people were genuinely interested in the subject, because lots of people talk about it and say you need to learn how to defend yourself, you need to know the law. But I wasn't really sure how many people really cared, and um, it turns out people do. So since then, I've been you know doing courses, um, online courses since lockdown, which have gone down really well. Um, courses in person, I've incorporated a lot more into the physical side of things I'm teaching, um, and that's kind of how it's merged together. And um, at the moment, I'm writing a, it's almost like a follow-up to the first book, which basically just goes into detail a lot further. Um, and based on the based on the course, um, which I'm grateful you had me over to do as well. So all that kind of information is going to be coming out soon. I do recommend your book uh, definitely. I've got <clears throat> got a copy of it, and it's a great asset for the instructors who want to uh, kind of broaden the knowledge. Maybe there who are in a position like myself that you know <clears throat> we've been told all like that we're doing self defense, uh, but without that awareness, law, and other uh, stuff which have a lip service from, from instructors. So, so yeah, and I, I highly recommend as well your um, seminar because everybody enjoyed it and, and it was a good fun. Uh, I'm going to link your book and everything in the, in the description so people can, can get it um, in. <coughs> so, um, we all, martial artists, doing self-defense. What is the... Uh, most uh, common misconception we're using you see in martial arts you being used which you don't agree from a point of view of a lawyer 
just repeat that again for me. Uh, what what, what's the, the most common misconception from the karate instructors in in the letter of law or, or behavior? Okay, yeah, sure. I mean, th there's a few which usually come up. Um, the first one is you can't hit first. Mm -hmm. um, you get that a lot. And it, it's one of those things where I, I don't... There's things I like to say as a martial arts instructor. And then there are things I have to say as a lawyer. So I've got to be careful how I, how I word this because I don't want people to get the wrong impression. But when people say you can't hit first, they're not necessarily wrong, but they're not always going to be right with that statement. Because there's no blanket you can or can't hit first, um, especially in, well in the UK anyway. And in most um, countries, people are going to be listening to this, and you you can hit first depending on certain circumstances. And the circumstances you can hit first on are usually a lot broader and wider than people think. So that that's the first thing is you probably can hit first. Um, and then the second thing is, and I'm not sure if this is a um, I've, I've spoke to a few people about this. I'm not sure if this is a um, a UK-based thing only, but there's this idea that you have to um, have your hands and feet like licensed as weapons. Oh, no, um, we've, been, we've been said that as well, that you have to register yourself. When you get black belt, yeah. you have to register that you are a killing machine. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I, I always like close my eyes and just imagine the, the process that would take <laughs> or... Or, or is there like a central register somewhere of like people's like hands and feet? Um, I can always imagine like 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 I can imagine John Claude Van Damme would only like register one of his legs because he only kicks <laughs> off halfway. Like, like like I'm just trying to imagine how how this kind of register would 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 work and and then what happens if I register my hands and feet but I get in a fight and elbow somebody? Did I? Is that any legal weapon or is that a, a lawful weapon? Because that one's not registered. I don't know. Is it? Am I allowed to? Or is that even worse? Because it's not registered. I, I I just always found that one a, a little bit funny. And one one which I have had as well. It's a third one. Is you have to tell the person you do martial arts. Um, oh, yeah. Which again, it's just it's just really silly. Yeah. Um. Um. I'm just trying to imagine. Like, and and at what point do do you? And like, at what point does does that get you know, silly as well? So maybe. You, you're in an altercation and um, I don't know, maybe you do fencing or you, or you do kendo. Like, do you have to tell them you do kendo? And then if, if you if you punch them, even though you do <laughs> kendo, which is um, pretty much purely, you know, a weapon-based yeah. activity, um, are, are, you, are you, you know, what happens then? So you, you've punched somebody and, and you didn't tell them you did kendo. Like, are you in more trouble? I, I, I just never, I never got it when you start to think about it. But they're the three things you, that you can't hit first that you have to register your hands and feet and that you have to tell people you do martial arts before you defend yourself. Um, all three things, if anyone's had any your know, practical you know, experience or unfortunate experience of being in a real situation, you know that none of those three things are, are legitimate. I think that uh, just come up to my mind that maybe that uh, misconception about um, uh, letting people know what you do comes from all the martial arts movies when you've got the two people fighting and they show off their like introductions, especially from the movies, you know, that I'm doing this style and, and the other yeah. person does this, so I can see, oh, he's doing this style, I'm going to beat him this way and that way. Maybe that's comes yeah. from that, watching the yeah. movie. Yeah, you, you, you didn't show me what style you do, so it's not fair that you beat me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get a chance. Um, and just to, and maybe on a bit more serious tone, I, I think the, the, the biggest misconception, which is a, you know, I mean, the, the preemptive one is a bit of a worry because, um, a lot of people could get hurt and seriously hurt when they don't realize they could strike first. Um, but the, the big one I get is that 
um, there's no there's no point knowing the law because um, you have to defend yourself no matter what um, and just try and um, break that up for you. It's, it's the whole thing you hear. Um, it's it's better to be um, uh, judged by six than carried by twelve. And it's like, well, you don't have to be either. You know, it's not. You either have to defend yourself illegally or unlawfully, or you die. There's a there's a big area in the middle where you can occupy that space and you can know the law and you can defend yourself. And I think that's, I don't know if that's through um, people not, people being ignorant, um, being genuinely ignorant and maybe naive to an extent, or it's people um, taking advantage of people and marketing their super self-defense system, um, which is brutal and violent. But they're like, but don't worry because you'd, you'd rather, you know, be on trial than be dead. So learn my system, and I, and I don't know. Um, you know, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I hope they just don't understand that you can. You know, you can probably um, adapt what you do to make it lawful, or they might just be like, you know, what we want to make a lot of money, so this is what we're going to do. And I, I hope it's the latter, but well, sorry, the first one. But you know, it might be the case that they're they're just um, being disingenuous with people. But um, I think my mission is to let people know: look, you can defend yourself. And you can do it in a way where you know you're not going to be on trial every time. If it comes to the trial, is there um, the possibility that use of martial arts uh, can be against you for uh, over excessive use of force or stuff like that? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, I, I I tend not to think he'd make that much of a of, of a deal. Um. um in a way, I, I mean, I can imagine the presentation of this kind of argument. So it's like, well, you know, Mr. Mr. Booker, you're, you know, you, you are, we understand you are in this situation. We understand you, you needed to defend yourself. Um, but you have also been doing martial arts 20 years, so you should have known better than to do what you did. And, yeah, I, I think that's a, it's, it's a concern we can have. But I think if we, and I, I, we don't have six hours to go into the, the laws and reasonable force here, but if you act in, you know, within reasonable, you know, using reasonable force within the legal framework, whether you know martial arts or not, I, I don't think needs to really come into it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I can imagine it being used as a kind of, um, you know, some, something to put pressure on you and to try and maybe convince a jury if, if we ever, ever got that far, by the way, ending up in trial is such a, such a slim possibility. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if I'm a prosecutor, I'd I'd be using that as a as a method of persuasion. But I don't think it it, it I don't think um, martial. Oh, I think the clear thing is that martial artists. I can't imagine we get held to a higher standard than anybody else. Mm. Um, I think you know if we act reasonably, we act reasonably. Yeah. I found interesting that um, you've been talking on uh, on a course that when you genuinely feel uh, in danger. Uh, that you can use that uh, preemptive um, strike, and and how would you describe um, that feeling of overwhelming threat? Is there any guidance on it, or is it just I really feel scared? I believe scared. I think you give the uh, example with the somebody telling you I've got some. Uh, what did you use? Here is description of the knife. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I can't remember exactly, but could you go through yeah. that example? Yeah, sure. So I think the example is, um, you know, I think the guy was saying he's got like a, I, I called it the sharp, pointy friend, right? Yeah, that's what Because, yeah, because, you know, if I say I've got a knife, it makes things a lot, you know, a lot more obvious. And, 
you know, I want us to use our brains a little bit more when we're doing these kind of um, theoretical exercises. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there, there is guidance. You put me on the spot, so I can't remember the case off the top of my head. Um, but, but essentially, what, what the law says is, is if you, you know, honestly believe you're in immediate danger, imminent danger, you know, you're under threat right now, and you're about to be seriously harmed, um, or you know, possibly serious. So you don't know. You're not expected to judge how serious the harm is. But if, if you're expected to be you know, hurt and hurt soon, um, or, or hurt right now, you can defend yourself with a preemptive strike. Um, so yeah, that's what. So and if somebody, we mentioned like, um, I made it probably a bit more obvious in our in the course when I was talking about weapons. So if if you have got you know genuine reason to believe somebody's got a weapon, i.e., they're, they're telling you, look, I've got a weapon, I'm going to use it on you if you don't do what I want right now, um, then you know at that stage, you know, if somebody's got a weapon. Um, and they're about to use it on you, and you, and you strike, you know, with, you know, with, not with weapons, with a hand, with an elbow, with a knee, with a headbutt. Again, it's the idea of, you know, you're hitting to escape, not hitting to fight. Then, then I can't, I can't see how, how you're going to struggle to defend that preemptive strike in, in those kind of circumstances. I, I was talking last week with, uh, uh, this week actually, not last week, uh, with um, Jamie Clark <clears throat> about the children's self-defense and. Um, Something which I was not, uh, maybe not aware, but I didn't think about it. We talked about the <coughs> sorry, um, reaction of the teachers and um, uh, like headmistress and headmistress uh, masters mm. um, about you know the, the children or your your son getting into fights. He was defending himself. And just to clarify, the law is exactly the same for children as for adults, isn't it? So because Jamie was saying that the the child has to protect themselves and do whatever is necessary. And then if they're going through the uh, kind of uh, structured way of reporting it to the teacher, to the higher rank teacher, what exactly happened. And if they've been threatened, they really genuinely been afraid of their life or well-being, they can strike first. Is that that's true? The law is uh, the same for the children and, and the adults, isn't it? In that self-defense mm. uh, area. Yeah, well, criminal responsibility um, starts from a from a certain age, um, and it's usually um, you know a set age. It, it can vary um, depending on certain factors. So, so, so yes, from a legal aspect, if you're above you know the the, the age of um, criminal liability, then the, the standard legal rules apply. If you're below that age, um, then Technically, there's no criminal responsibility for what you do, so there's no acting lawfully or unlawfully um, because there's no there's no barrier um, there's there's no barrier um, to be set against because whatever you do, you will not be you know held responsible in law mm-hmm. because you're under that age of criminal responsibility. That being said, I'm of the view if if this is what Jamie was saying um, that I I don't teach my children and my kids um, pretty much anything different on a theoretical level. Um, then I do my adults. So I teach my kids, look, if, you, you know, if you're worried about being hurt, if you feel like you're going to be genuinely hurt, you're allowed to strike first. Mm-hmm. Um, same with, you know, adults are the same as kids in terms of, you know, you know, you know um, if, if two people are fighting uh, or one person's defending themselves and there's a, you know, a physical altercation which happens, both people um, are likely to an extent to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter who starts it. Um, I make my kids aware of that, so you know I, I teach my students. Look, if if you have to defend yourself, if you ha- if you can't get out of there, if you if it's not the right, um, 
if, if it's a score, for instance, and you can't always run away or you can't always you know back away, if you've got to go back day after day after day after, and it's a situation where you need to stand up for yourself and you need to strike first and you do, then you're probably going to get into trouble for it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really big on having the parents to be aware of what I'm teaching mm-hmm. and for them to understand the consequences which they could have at the school. I, I've never had um, a parent um, have an issue with what I'm teaching if they decided they agree to my classes. I get people to turn up for what they're tasting and it's not for them, but for the children I've had turn up and for the issues they've had at school, I've, parents have always been on my side. What are your thoughts on, uh, I call it, karate church? Uh, so everybody's trying to bring their own religion. My style is the best. Uh, you said that you had that with your friends uh, when you was younger, that you couldn't go and train with them, or, or even even training with them, they had their own church and their own uh, gospel bringing to everybody else. Um, yeah, so... So what do I think of the idea of a karate church yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Can you hear me? I've lost you. So sorry, Les. Yeah, yeah. I can hear you every time we... And then as soon as you ask your question, it cuts out again. <laughs> um, so, okay. You might want to... Rec- you, you might have to re-record your answer because from my side, it's, it's really... Um, it might be fine on your side, but from my side, you're really broken up when you ask that question. Okay, I have a little. We edit. We edit it. Probably we make, my, we, my signal. We make it. We make it nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the in short. Yeah, uh, that's good. So so okay, and just. Go on. Go on. <laughs> there we go. Ask it again, so I know I've got it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Karate church people bringing their own gospel to the others. No. <laughs> let, let let me um let let's cut out and come back again one more time, yeah? Okay, yeah, sure. Don't worry. Let... Hi, Les, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. Joys of technology, isn't it? Yeah, sure. So your question is, um, what, what I think of, of, of karate churches. Yeah, yes. Yeah, where, <laughs> where, where, where people, um, you know, well, basically karate cults, right? That, that's what yeah, we're... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's not attack, just churches. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not for me. Uh, I, I mean, if you want to join a place where everyone um, has to think the same and, you know, do, do things the same way and what, what you do here is the best and everyone else is wrong, then you just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a surefire way to killing off the art of karate.
Mm. Um, it, it, you got you got these old branches, um, which are separated from everything else, and you know, eventually they're going to die off. They need to, you know you need to mix, you need to integrate with other people. Um, discussion and disagreement often what leads to better ideas and better ways of karate moving forward. And we're all doing something a bit more fun and a bit more enjoyable. And and I think as as long as as long as we can agree on facts, I, I think that there's a there's almost a fine line somewhere as well. Like, like we, can go, we can go so far where we're away from the karate cults and we're all free thinking, but you don't want to be you know, thinking so much that your brain's so open that it falls out. There needs to be, you know, we need to be based in reality. So mm. whether your reality is, you know, if, 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 for instance, right? So that doesn't mean practicality, right? It, it, or, you know, practical karate. If, if you're um, doing sport karate, um, I, I, my, my, this is probably going to be a bit of an outdated, um, reference here. Well, if you're doing you know sport kata, and you think, oh, I can do any kata I want, and 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 you just make your make up your own kata, you're going to get disqualified. Right? Mm. It, you need to be based in the facts and of what you're doing. And as long as we we don't invent our own facts, as long as you know we deal with if we're doing practical karate, we're dealing with violence, how violence really is. We're dealing with the law, you know, we're teaching the law. We have to teach the law as it really is. Um, and if you want to have some fun and enjoy your martial arts, as long as we're, you know, we're working from the same, you know, hymn sheet, if we want to go back to the, the church analogy, mm-hmm. as long as we all can agree on what the, you know, the, the facts of reality are, then, then everything we do from there can grow and we can have different opinions. We can, you know, agree on things, disagree on things. And we, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of room in martial arts for subjectivity and for art mm-hmm. and for, you know, creativeness and creating your own path and i think as long as you're honest with yourself about what you're doing and you know trying to claim to be doing things which you know aren't true or aren't real um you, you can have a lot of fun with it um but i think yeah so that's wrong with that and, and i think karate is more fun when you interact with people who do different things to you whether it's oh, in the karate yeah. world or the, or the martial art world and and then did my, my concern on karate churches i think like when I was training, it was it was closed dojos in in certain areas, and certain clubs would be closed off, and you and you know you'd have to pay to you'd have to pay to watch a class, uh, you know, you know r- ridiculous things. Ne- ne- never you have to join before you even stepped on the mat. You have to pay a joining fee and sign up for a year. So I, all, all that's you know not not for me. Don't like it at all. But I think that's kind of going now. And mm-hmm. I think I think the karate calls we have now are online. It's um, you know you you pick um, you you pick an instructor, um, a master X, because I don't want to name anyone's names today. Mm. Um, and you know they might have a, a nice little brand which people follow. And then you get the problem of um, you know we like Mister Master X, so everything Master X says is true. Yeah. And 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 we get cults like this now, which are a big problem. And. I think there's a responsibility on the people who are these so-called masters um, or instructors or influencers to, you know, to, to tell people like, you know, you know, not everything I say is the truth. Well, not, not, not everything I say is the truth, but you don't have to agree with everything I say. Yeah, you know? exactly. yeah and, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking if I don't want to you know, just keep name dropping the same people, but um, one thing which I think resonated with me training with Ian um, and, and, and John Titchens the same is you don't have to agree with everything they say and they tell you that and, and they're happy that you don't. And in a way, they're almost happy if you, do, if you don't agree with everything, 
because mm. it shows that you are applying your own you know, critical thought to what's going on. And, and I think now we have these karate cults out there where um, people are just blindly following you know, people no matter what they do or say. And I, I think that's, that's, that's dangerous, not just in clubs, but now online, we, we, we have it mm. there. I think that's a, that's a human predisposition. Uh, you, you can see that in sports, you can see that with the football clubs, you can see that with uh, religion or whatever uh, thoughts people follow. And we just love to have that uh, church. That's why I call it church. So. <clears throat> yeah. okay. um, going back to the thing which I meant to, I should have asked earlier. If somebody like myself want to a, um, join the side of... Uh, practical karate parts with that inclusion of uh, a law, where they should start learning and what steps they should take? Hmm. Well, I think one of, yeah, it's a little bit, I think my answer. Except that your book and taking your seminars. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I feel like you, you lined me up to say, you know, come to my seminars, go to my website and buy my books. Um, um, but there's a few things. I'm just one of many out there. But of course, I, you're more than welcome to you know, contact me. I'm appreciate Les is going to put my details and you know, the show notes. Um, my, my inbox is always open. I don't, I don't always respond as fast as I probably can or, or should. Um, but I, I do get back to everybody. Um, some you got questions, by all means, they can fire them to me. They, I'm happy for them to send them over to you, Les, if you want to mm. pass them on. Um, that, that's not a problem as well. But yeah, so, so yeah, obviously um, my, my website, leesims.com, has got my information on if you want to get involved in you know, practical martial arts with you know, self-defense law. But you probably want to be doing something on a more regular basis. And if, we were, if you asked me that question 12 months ago, I'd be telling people to you know, look in their local areas. Um, so if they're part of a club um, which doesn't do this and there's someone nearby who, who does, then you know, they'd be your primary source, I'd say. Um, now it's a bit different because we're, we're all at home at the moment, or most of us are. So um, YouTube is a good place. Um, the problem with YouTube is there's so much on there. Mm. Um, and if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know what's, what's good and bad. So th there's that issue with YouTube, but there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um, you know, you Google things. I'm, I'm always you know, Googling things. Again, you've got the issue of you don't know what's on there is good or bad. So you do need some kind of um, yes. like reference point. Um, but yeah, no, if you're particularly interested in the combination of, of you know, how your self-protection law applies to your martial arts, then yeah, definitely check out my website. I'm going to be running a, now we're back at home in the next four weeks from today, which I think is the 6th of March, we're recording this. I'm going to run another um, self-defense law course online. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in how it affects and how it applies to your karate training or your martial art training, that, that'll be a really good place to start. Um, but, but mainly, yeah, you just find a group. If, you, if there's no group around, create your own group. Mm. Um, get together with, with some people when you can, you know, when, when we're allowed to. Um, and then, you know, there's my stuff, there's your stuff, Les, for, for practicality. Um, you know, John Titchens wrote a lot of good stuff. Um, Ian Abernethy's got tremendous resource. Um, so in the UK, that, that's, you know, four of us there where people, people can start looking for mm. things. Uh, on my part, I definitely recommend uh, whoever listens and wants to do um, your courses and uh, your book. <coughs> Sorry. Um, future plans. You said you're writing a book. Tell us something about a new book. 
I should not again, Les. Sorry, you cut out again. It always happens when we're trying to wrap things up, yeah? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you're great for the first 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and then... So I ask, ask your question again, sorry. Uh, could you give, tell us something more about your new book, new projects? Tell us about new projects. Yeah, sure. So um, I've got two projects ongoing at the moment. The first one is a you know an in-depth look into self-defense law. So what we do, I mean, I mean, the first book is really an introduction, very, very brief introduction. It's I think it's it's got the essentials in there. So if you want to have you know, peace of mind that you, you've got a reference point you can look at and you can look at it and say, okay, this is a law, this is a law, this is a law, I get it. That, that's the first book. My courses go into a bit more detail and I start to, to get you not just to know the law, but understand and be able to apply the law in specific scenarios and to just get an idea of how the law works. So you get that really like that, that underneath kind of layer and appreciation of the law. And then the book is just going to, develop on that really so that's going to be a real um it's, it's going to be written for, as an introductory um book as well so if you've never seen our self-defense law this will help you but if you if you already know the basics and you already understand it it's going to go further and further for you so that that's one project and then the second project i'm working on which i don't think i've said out loud yet to anybody um in a recorded manner anyway is a handbook on practical karate mm -hmm. so that that's your um, that, that's just, that's your um, fresh um, scoop today, Liz. So, um, and that's just basically going to be when I grew up. Like I said, I was in libraries a lot. Uh, I was in libraries, and I, I had a lot of karate handbooks, and they show you the basics, they show you the katas, and you have some sparring techniques in there. Well, a list of Japanese words. Um, I got loads of these manuals, and I realized we don't really have one. I think for practical karate at the moment, we got lots of good video and um, videos and DVDs, downloads, podcasts. But um, in written form for a, you know, almost like a beginner to black belt in pragmatic and practical, um, practical karate. I don't see that on the shelves. So I've been working on that. It's about 90% finished. And then I still need to be able to get somewhere to get my um, photos done. Mm -hmm. um, the aim was for Christmas, but I think unfortunately the lockdown has yeah. slowed that down a little bit. So maybe this might be a nice Easter treat for next year. So yeah, they're the two things, a practical handbook and a um, detailed book on the self-defense law in the UK. Oh, looking forward to those. That sounds very interesting. Um, before the internet and uh, machines going to go against us completely, um, could you say where, uh, tell us where people can find you, uh, links, I'm going to put them in the descriptions anyway, while you just uh, on wrapping up, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, sure. So yeah, lisa.com both my name I always get that wrong so I spend I spend a lot of my day spelling my name out so it, like, I'm just wondering how much time I've wasted spelling my name out in my life but yeah so Lee L-E-I-H Sims S-I-M-M-S dot com um, um, I'm on, I'm on um, Facebook which is I think Lee Sims Practical Karate um, Twitter the same thing and Instagram as well so just type in Lee Sims Practical Karate social medias on there and my website, leesims.com. Awesome. Lee, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for your time and insight to your new projects. That's great. Th thanks, Les. Thanks for um, talking to me. I do appreciate it.